So we're in a series entitled The End or Just the Beginning. And when life on earth ends, eternity begins. And it's forever. And you will live forever. There's only two places you're going to be, either heaven or hell. And I think it's a good choice. You'll know that it's a good choice. You know, Jesus told the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And the rich man went to the dark side. And Lazarus ends up in Abraham's bosom. And, and the rich man's begging Lazarus to go back and, and or first of all, come just touch, touch my tongue with a, a dip of water. I'm dying over here. And he said, there's a great chasm fixed there. You can't, you can't cross over. It is what it is. What you decided beforehand, you now live with forever. And he said, well, send somebody back to my brothers because I'm in agony here. And he said, you, they won't listen. They have Moses. They have the prophets. They have everything they need to make a decision. And I'm just telling you today, you need to make a decision for God while you can. Because there will come a day when you can't make that decision. That's why the Bible says now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Don't wait until it's too late. Until you can't do anything about it. And so we're looking through the book of Revelation. And, and I'm, I'm not going to every week tell you what I talked about the week before, which I do sometimes. I like to do that. I like to keep you up to date because I know that people attend church about once every four weeks. And so I try to keep you up to date on what's going on. It'd be, it'd be wise on your part not to do that, to be here as much as you can. And... Uh, you miss so many meals, you start to fade away. But the word revelation means unwrapping or unveiling. In Greek, the word revelation is the word that we get our word apocalypse from. Apocalypsis, something like that, apocalypsis. And, and so the word apocalypse has... has in the English, has come to mean the end of the world. But in Greek, it means opening, laying bare. It's a disclosure of truth. And the book of Revelation is not a secret book. It's a book that unwraps secrets. It discloses hidden truths and hidden treasures. God doesn't want its contents to be sealed up. He wants to tell everyone what he plans to do. And he wants to reveal who he is and what he's doing in this world and what he's going to do. And the book of Revelation is not an unveiling of everything in God's mind. It's a revelation that focuses on Jesus Christ. The focus of this book is not the Antichrist or the War of Armageddon, but it's Jesus in all of his majesty and glory. And so God pulls back the curtain of time and we see Jesus emerge as the sovereign King of Kings, 
king of history, Lord of lords, Lord of eternity. He, he is all of that. And if all you see in Revelation as you read it are beasts and wars and pounding judgments, and you miss Jesus, you've missed it. You've missed what, what Revelation is all about. And the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, that there's this huge blessing that comes with Revelation. God blesses, God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church. And he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. And when John wrote this, if the time was near then, then the time is really near now. Amen. We are living in the last days. And so we, we, we're jumping into chapter 2 today. And, in, and I would just encourage you to go back and, and watch last Sunday's message online so that you get caught up in, in all that we're talking about. But in chapter 2, Jesus opens his message to the church with a description of who he is, the great I am. I am that I am. I am whatever you need. Hallelujah. Provision, shelter, comfort, healing, salvation, deliverance, presence, whatever you need, I am that I am. And, and then in each of the churches, there's the acknowledgement that I know what you're going through. Here's who I am, and I know exactly what you're going through. I know your condition. I know what's happening. I'm not so far removed that I don't see and know and care. And to five of the churches, there's this call to repentance. There is a remedy if you'll follow my instructions, Jesus says. And the church is, at this point, less than 100 years old. And it's already corrupt. And so quickly, we know that we're able to just go backwards at all times. If you're not focused and, and heading in the right direction, you just start to drift. And that's where many of us find ourselves. Jesus is calling the church out. But also in all of these churches, there's a group who are victorious, who are overcoming, and they are recognized by the Lord. And then there are special promises to those who do overcome, and they exist in every church. So no matter how corrupt the church system may become, the Lord always has his true witness within that church. Just nudge your neighbor and say, that's, that's good news. God has a witness, a true witness. And in each of the churches, there's this call of Jesus to pay attention. He says, anyone who has ears to hear, listen. So nudge your neighbor again and say, just listen. Listen. Seven times we're going to be commanded by the Lord to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Seven times. And we know seven is completion in, in Scripture. So it's the complete church. He wants, he wants the church to listen. And, and as he says, whoever has ears to hear, listen. Don't, don't try to defend yourself or justify yourself and your position and say, hey, hey, but you don't understand. Let's be open 
to what the Spirit would say to us, his church. Because there's a blessing that comes with that. There's always been junk in the church. And don't let that be an excuse for you. You listen to what the Spirit is saying to you, and you do what he says. You obey what he says. Because we can always point, point our finger around somebody and say, hey, yeah, but, 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 yeah, oh, but look at what's, yeah, but. And, and Jesus is like, hey, my spirit is speaking to you. You do what I've asked you to do. And so let's, let's all pray together. Lord, help me to be a true and faithful witness to who you are and of what you want me to be in this world. Amen. Revelation chapter 2, verse 1. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. And we understand from chapter one, the seven stars are the messengers, angelic messengers, but also the messengers in the church, those who carry the message and so all of us are messengers, and, and Jesus is the one who is holding every messenger in his right hand. There's nothing more comforting than that. You're in, the, you're in the palm of his hand, and he's holding you. And he's walking among the seven gold lampstands, which are the churches. And Jesus is always walking among the church, able to do, ready ready to, to do and, and, and give everything that is necessary. He says, I am that I am. And I'm the one who's holding and who's walking. In verse 2, he says, I know. I know all the things you do. There's not one thing that escapes his notice. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. He knows exactly what you're doing, what you're not doing. There is nothing hidden from his sight. He knows. And he cares. And he says to this church of Ephesus, I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. And you have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Hallelujah. That's some good stuff. But he says, I have this complaint against you. That was good. But let me talk about what's not so good. He says, you don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand, your church, from its place among the churches. This is serious stuff. Listen, the Lord wants a relationship with you. Not just good works, Amen. not just religion, 
not just once a week or once a month visit to his house. Not just discernment, not just patient endurance. He wants to be your first love. He wants to be number one. He loves you. He gave his life for you. And he wants to be first and foremost in your life. He says, remember how far you've fallen. Return to me. Redo the deeds you did at first. And repent or be removed. You used to love me first. You used to talk about me all the time. You used to spend time with me. You used to read my love letters. You used to go anywhere and do anything for me. So that's what I want. Listen, Jesus will not stay in a church that doesn't love him first. He won't, he won't put up with it. If we don't repent, he says, I'll remove this church from my presence. In verse 5, he says, you've fallen. You've fallen. You've slidden back. You've backslidden. So, well, I thought, you know, you give your heart to the Lord and that's it. You're in. You have to make choices, folks. You can choose to walk away. In fact, this, this same Jesus, who sounds pretty harsh, he's the same one in Matthew chapter 3. We read his words again. Matthew chapter 3, verse 8. He says, prove by the way you live that you've repented of your sins and turned to God. Prove by the way you live. You can't just live in the old way and say, yeah, I'm, I'm God's kid. He said, prove it. Prove how you live. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to announce, change your hearts and lives. Here comes the kingdom of heaven. Well, wait a minute. I thought Jesus was supposed to change me. He told me to change my heart and my life. Really? I have to do something? It's not just praying a prayer. That's the beginning point. That's the stepping in. And then there's this daily, moment by moment, willing obedience. As I change my heart and my life to prove by the way I live that I've repented of my sins and turned to God. So you got to have some skin in the game. You have to cooperate with God. Change your heart. Do something. Don't just live like you used to live. Don't just talk like you used to talk. There's some words that should fall off of your vocabulary. I'll just say that. There's some expressions that you shouldn't use anymore. And you know it. 
When it comes out of your mouth, you're like, oh, that didn't sound like Jesus. Don't just continue to go where you used to go. Prove by the way that you live that you're, you've repented and you've turned to God. Don't, you don't have to hang out with the same people you used to hang out with. There's some things that need to change. Don't just do what you used to do. Prove by the way that you live that you've repented. So Jesus says, turn back to me and do the works you did at first. But this is in your favor, he says in verse 6. You hate the evil deeds of the Nicolaitans, just as I do. The Nicolaitans, they were, were dominating people. They, they built a spiritual hierarchy to where you have to come to me to know what God is saying. When, I, when we moved to Trinidad, Christy and I, and the first day I was there, God told us to go. We went in obedience, sold everything we had, bought a one-way ticket, never thinking we would ever return to the United States of America. And the first day I was there, I looked at Christy and I said, something's wrong here. I said, I don't know why God would send us here if, if, if it's so wrong. And yet, as we prayed, we knew we were in God's will. And I preached my first message, and I was preaching at that time out of the New American Standard Bible. And as I preached my, my message, when I was finished, people ran to me and said, can we see your Bible? What, what kind of Bible is that? What, where'd you get that Bible? And the pastor, who was a very controlling person, came to me and he said, put that Bible away. We only preach from the King James Version here because we want to tell the people what it says. And God began to reveal some things to me through that, that six-month period. And I understand this, this whole Nicolaitan thing trying to control people and telling them what God has to say when, when God ripped the veil in two from top to bottom. Amen. They said, you have access. Come boldly into the throne room of grace and there find grace and mercy to help in time of need. Amen. And every one of us as a child of the living God have access to God every day, all day long. Amen. You don't have to come through, through anybody else. Jesus Christ made a way where there seemed to be no way. He tore the, he said, come on in, come on in. I've got everything you need. And, and so this whole Nicolaitan thing, putting man between you and God, when Jesus died, he, he took care of all of that. And Jesus hates when we make it hard for people to come to him. He got upset when the disciples said, keep the kids away. He said, no, 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 no. <laughs> Anybody who hinders these ones, they're in trouble. You don't, you don't hinder people from coming to Jesus. And some of us, just by the way we live, we're hindering people from coming to Jesus. I'll be real honest with you. I have the Power Place Church sticker on the back of my car. 
I know, right? It identifies me. And for the most part, I love that. And then there are moments where I have to ask myself, did I represent well? I'm not so sure. I don't like how I'm representing, not just the church. Ultimately, I represent Jesus Christ. And whether you have the power place sticker on your car, and they're free out here on the, on the table, okay? Pick one up, put it on. Whether you have that or not, people are watching you. They got their eagle eye on you at all times. And, and he says, you have this in your favor. You hate the evil deeds of the Nicolaitans just as I do. Jesus said, I hate it when somebody's standing between me and them. Saying, no, you got to be this, do this. I'm going to tell you what God has to say. Listen, when somebody's telling you who you got to marry, what job you should take, and you're not listening to God, you're listening to a man or a woman, somebody who's got a word for you. I've had so many words <laughs> supposedly from God, but people get it wrong sometimes. You need to hear from the Lord first. And a word will confirm what you already know to be true. Some of you, you know something and God, God sends someone with a word for you. And that word just, it, it's like it leaps inside of you like, ah, that's exactly what God's been saying. It wasn't a surprise. It was like, oh, okay. That is God. And you get it. Come on. Hallelujah. How much time you got today? Well, and then he says, I hate the evil deeds of the Nicolaitans just like you do. Anyone with ears to hear. And I guess that's the question today. You got ears to hear what the Spirit's saying? Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Now, I told you last week, and I read it again this morning, Revelation 1-3, that it never says in there, you're going to be blessed if you understand what's in Revelation. But here he says, if I'm speaking to you as a church and you have ears to hear, you need to understand what God's saying to you. And when you understand, there's a blessing that comes with that. You don't have to understand everything in Revelation, but you do have to understand what the Spirit's saying to you. And the Spirit of God will speak to each of us as we listen with ears to hear and understand what He is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. Phew. That's good stuff. That's what Adam and Eve had access to and decided to go with the other tree. 
thanks, guys. Because we're in the mess we're in because they decided the tree of knowledge of good and evil is better than the tree of life. And when they took of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, God said, get them out of the, get them out of the garden. I don't want them living like that forever. Because they can go to the tree of life and live forever now and get them, get them away from that. So he blocked their path to the tree of life. And now Jesus is coming into the church saying, hey, there's access to the tree of life. And it's through listening what I'm saying, as the Spirit says to the church, if you'll listen, obey, I'm giving you access. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Woo. Page three. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 8. You know what? I'm going to come back to this. Stand with me. The Spirit of God is speaking to hearts right now. And, and, and there are those in this room... You've been messing around with God. You've just been playing games. And there are some in this room, and some of you watching online today, you've been in the church for years. And let me just say, God is speaking to those who are in the church. They said there's some good stuff, and then there's some really bad stuff. And we got to get this right. Because if we don't get this right, this could mean eternal death. And if you don't get right the things that the Spirit of God is speaking to you about, and here in just this first letter to the the first church of Ephesus, he says, you got to remember what it was like when you first fell in love with me. Go back and remember. Look how far you've fallen. Sometimes when I'm with Christy and we go to get in the car, There used to be a day There used to be a day when I wouldn't even let her open up her own car door Back when we first started dating, she was in the, the seat. She always would get out before I could get around and let her out. So one day I, I took a penny, I stuck it in between her knees, and I said, hold that real quick. She's sitting there like this, holding the penny with her knees. She said, what's that for? I said, you just hang on, I'll be there in a sec. <laughs> get out and open the door for her. And now we've been married 37 years. And 
got the automatic unlock. Don't have to put the key in the door, you know. I come to the car and she goes her way and I go in mine and she gets in. She's in, she's in, she's fine, right? I've fallen. If I can remember and repent and redo the deeds I did at first, there's no chance that I'm going to be removed out of this relationship. I'm keeping the fire ignited. I'm doing the things I did at first. And sometimes I think about how far I've fallen since I've known the Lord. And there are areas in my life where I've grown so much and I've gone so far with him and there are other places where I just don't do that anymore. I've gotten away from because the relationship it's not all on him. It's on me. still love him like I did at first. And I believe God is calling us back to our first love. Oh, you may never have loved him yet. And today you have an opportunity to step in the most wonderful relationship in the world. Relationship between God and man. God and woman. He gave himself for you. He loves you so much. And he wants you to be a part of his family. He wants you to be a part of the the end time blessing. But it's up to us to say yes. Bow your heads with me, please, just for a moment. First of all, I think we've got to do this. We've got to offer the gift of salvation today. We've got to offer this this relationship with Jesus because that's the starting point. That's where things begin. That's, That's the initial stepping into a relationship with Jesus and saying yes to him and and letting him cleanse you of your sin, letting him wash you, make you clean, letting him give you a brand new start, letting him give you the ability to come into the kingdom of heaven. If that's you today and you want to step into that relationship with Jesus, I want you just to slip your hand up high. I want to pray with you this morning. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Someone else. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. God's speaking to your heart today. He's saying, I want a relationship with you. I want to bring you into my family. I want to forgive you of your sin. I want to give you a brand new start. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? Yes, sir. 
Thank you, Jesus. God's talking to you. He's tugging at your heart. Just say yes to him today. Lift your hand right now. Anyone? Anyone else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Those of you who raised your hand, I want you just to pray this prayer with me out loud. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. And I'm, I'm going to give you that, that privilege and opportunity today. If you don't know how to pray, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Make it your prayer. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you right now, and I give you myself. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you that I can have a relationship with you. Thank you for a brand new start. I give you myself. I give you my sin. Cleanse me. Wash me. Make me brand new. I love you, Jesus. Thank you. Come on, just lift your hands and let's just thank him this morning for what he's doing right now. He's cleansing, he's purifying, he's washing, he's, he's making brand new right now. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Awesome God. Awesome God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.